spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about some games. Uh, I think the newest one is seven years old. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, don't listen to the episode. But spoilers for Arkham Asylum, Arkham Origins, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight, the Batman games. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, we're back to power. Sorry. My God. All right, we're back to power. Mike spins screaming and beers not getting <laughs> dropped. Train On wreck. Millicent Oriana, culture expert. While seeking to unlock the secrets of all fandoms, she is exposed to an overload of every aspect of pop culture. Now, when asked a question about a piece of popular culture, she becomes curious. Now hosting a podcast and joined by amazing guests, she seeks to find answers and find a way to live off her talents and to make a fun podcast. Nerd forensics. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking beer to keep the whiskey going. So yeah, we are professional. Damn it, we are journalists. Who is Spider-Man? He's a criminal. That's who he is. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna be talking about the Arkham series, and like we said, we were talking about Arkham Origins. And uh, if you don't know, it's the beginning of Batman's career. Batman, voiced by a guy who's not Kevin Conroy. So. Yeah, like, so, that's also what makes it kind of weak is that Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill didn't do the voices. And Tara Strong plays Harley Quinn, but she was Harley Quinn in every game except for the first one. So, a quick question. Um, where does Arkham come from, just, like, in Batman in general? Like, is it a comic thing, or did it start with, like, a like a, like the show? Okay, so the name Arkham, it originally came from Batman comics in, like, 1941, I believe? No, I actually had it just here a second ago. What I can say is the name comes from an actual English town. It's a town in England called Arkham, where they would actually pretend to be insane. Um, so the they, first like time it was one? used was 1974. Ah, 1974. Uh, Batman number 258, October 1974. So, Blue Cal era. So, who was writing yes. Batman at that time? Uh, the guy that killed Robin, I know that. God bless him. He killed Jason uh, Todd. He killed him good. It was named after the city of Arkham, which first appeared in the stories of H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. Yeah, there's actually a town in England also called Arkham. And uh, apparently legend has it that the uh, inhabitants acted crazy to avoid paying taxes. Cool. Yeah. That's how you do it. But, you know, that might not be true because that was something I read on the Internet and half the crap you read on the Internet. It's like, oh, well, you know, Einstein said this. And it's like he never said that. So Arkham 1974 and Arkham Asylum was uh, where all the nuts and Batman are locked up besides Blackgate Prison. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's where Hugo Strange originally operated from. Mm -hmm. Um Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth, like gives it a whole backstory of like how the Arkham family built it. And, you know, this were... nut Armadeus Arkham started killing his patients. Well, they were his family was initially just plagued by tragedies. Yeah, his mother became mentally ill. I believe so. And his daughter and wife were killed by a, by the first guy he treated. Yeah, by his first patient, essentially. Um, he was a wealthy person who moved to the island, and then he uh, built his mansion upon it. And then after his wife and daughter were murdered, he turned it into an asylum to uh, help the mentally ill. 
And yeah, Mad Dog was the first person he treated who killed his wife and daughter. So he just like electroshock therapied him to death. Eventually, yes. After he cured him. Uh, no. Like they gave him his release and then he killed like immediately after he was released. So then he electroshocked And then he electroshocked him to death. And yet people think we should vote for Susanna Martinez. No, I'm just kidding. Susanna Martinez, she ain't around anymore. I mean, it's Susanna Martinez. Who's the one who's not Susanna Martinez? Who did the Mark COVID? Ronchetti? No, no, the good one. Diane Dennis? No, no, the good or the, the, Michelle Lujan Grisham? Yeah, there we go. Anyway, I, I tried to do a joke. It failed. Yeah. If you're living in New Mexico, you know, don't vote for Ronchetti. The, the man ordered salsa and ranch with his tortilla chips. He's wrong. That is wrong. He's wrong. Also, he wants to force rape victims to carry like children to term. So, mm. like, we all like cool ranch Doritos. But... Yeah, just it, it, I, we're not liberals here. I mean, I'm not a li- at least a liberal, but just we're both. not shit libs. We're yeah, progressive, and we don't want carrying rape babies to term with our ranch dressing. I'm, I'm a full on uh, socialist, but yeah, I feel like progressives still like that imply like that covers socialist and communist to a degree. It, it, it does, but I do know that um, that uh, pro- progressive uh, liberalism is sometimes called leftist liberalism or uh, leftist communism, which I know Lenin had a whole paper about that. It was actually very convincing. Which one allows about- me to eat a man? <laughs> I think that's gonna be some extreme form of communism. They call that. Ugh. It's yeah. kind of like Yusha, but like, you know, about self-eating and self-reliance. Say, whatever kind of communism allows me to eat a man who's declared an enemy of mine. I'm I think down that's with like that. an extreme form of anarcho-communism. Okay. Like a primitivist anarcho-communism. Look, I agree with any dictator who eats people as long as they did legitimately try to kill them. You know what? I think that if you have a, 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 a napkin stuffed into your shirt while you do it and you do it with a knife and a fork, it's fine. And you rub them together cartoonishly? Uh, but only if you lick your lips while doing it. Okay. Well, speaking of mental illness <laughs> and uh, getting back to Arkham Origins, which doesn't take place in Arkham at all. Yeah, it just takes place kind of throughout Gotham. And they were trying something new with the fast travel system in it. Um, it was a bigger map than what Arkham Asylum had, but a smaller map than what Arkham City was going to have. Yeah. And it kind of, or had, because it came out after Arkham City. Yeah, it came out after Arkham Um, City. I think the two biggest problems was it came out after Arkham City, and the Electro Gloves, after you defeat the Electrocutioner, just nerfed the game. Well, you don't really kill him. It's more like Joker shoots him and throws him out a window. Yeah, but you still get his gloves. Either way, you get his yeah. gloves, and that kind of nerfs the game, yeah. the rest of the game. So, you know, not to spoil too much, but basically Batman's fighting Black Mask. Black Mask hires a bunch of hitmen. Uh, Batman has solved this huge mystery and finds out about the Joker, who he doesn't know about. And uh, that's about all there is to Arkham Origins. It it kind It's worth playing if you've never played it. Yeah, it kind of just ends, and none of the boss fights are that climatic. I mean, I do like the one with the Electrocutioner where you knock him out in a single punch. Yeah, that, that is fun. That one's pretty funny. Can I ask something as someone who doesn't, or hasn't at least, played as much video games? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. What's the best part and the worst part? The best part about it, honestly, is uh, the fact that they added so many bosses to it and so many like characters. Yeah, it is overflowing with characters. The worst part about it is because of how small of a game, because it feels just small. It definitely had less of a budget than Arkham City did. And again, coming out after Arkham City, which at that point in time, a lot of people considered that one of the 
best games ever made. Yeah, it really feels like it was an expansion. Yeah. That they sold as its own standalone game for the, like, full It's kind of like the Miles Morales with Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I beat that, and I felt like this really should have just been, like, a DLC. It, I mean, it was a little bit more thought out. Oh, it was fun, out, though. I loved it. I, I, I loved fighting the Rhino and, like... Um, Oh, no, I'm talking about Arkham Origins. It was oh. a little bit fuller of a game than the Miles Morales thing, but yeah. it's still kind of less than what Arkham City was, and it was a weird direction to take the franchise yeah. after that game. And, yeah, Miles Morales, though, like like I said, I had fun fighting the Rhino and stuff. I also liked the the post-credits where you found out that uh, uh, Harry Osborn's going to be Venom, which odd direction to take it, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm more excited about Wolverine. Anyways. Getting back to Arkham, the topic for tonight. The Sorry. Meat, the meat and potatoes. So, yeah, the Arkham Origins games, kind of fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like that, that, that grappling gun you get from Deathstroke. I will say the worst part about it, though, is you can make a, use it like a line launcher. Yeah. And you shoot it between posts. You can also connect people to, like, fire extinguishers. It is bullshit you can't connect people to post. Because that would have been great if they just got pulled up there and got stuck up there and were, like, yelling for help. Yeah. So, before Arkham Asylum came out, Batman did not have a very good track record with video games. I don't care what you say. That Batman Forever game with the uh, FMV, uh, 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 like models the way that Mortal Kombat did it and the fighting game controls even though it was a 2D beat em up. Yep. Wait, that game was horrible. <laughs> uh there was also the Game Boy game that came out, a couple PC games. Hey, I will say that Batman Returns for the Sega Genesis kicks ass. But yeah, anyways, me and Millie uh, growing up, we grew up on the original Batman the Animated Series, and it was, it, 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 it inspired us to what Batman should be, in our yeah. opinions. It's like allowing kids to freebase Batman. Yeah, like, and it's still my favorite version of Batman. Me too. It's really great. I absolutely love TAS. <laughs> Like, that's the thing. They tried so hard with that fucking show, as well as that show never treated its audience like idiots. Oh, yeah. It knew it was a kid's show, but it still treated its kids like it treated them like they were intelligent. Which I remember that as a kid, I always hated like I, I remember thinking like I always hated how like adults would assume that like I couldn't like understand like or basic logic. And I remember like, you know, the shows that. You know, would actually treat you look like you know you could understand things were like pretty awesome, and I, I remember you you've been showing me a little bit of that, and like it was pretty cool. God, and to to this I was pointing at Millie by the way. <laughs> uh, to but, this day, I'm just thinking about the Phantom whole or the the fa uh, uh, the Reaper holding the Joker and him just laughing hysterically because he knows he's gonna die in that explosion with her. Most of the movies I saw as a child was with my el one my elder stepsister, but that was like one of the few movies my mom actually took me to go see, and it's because I wanted to go see it so badly. Yeah, Mask and of the Phantasm. I, I appreciate that memory quite a bit. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen Mask of the Phantasm, I highly recommend it. It's oh. an animated movie, but it is one of the best Batman movies ever. It is up there. 
the other thing about it is that, again, like, it treated its audience seriously. Harvey Dent was an established character. He was Bruce Wayne's best friend. And just 60 episodes, no, like 30 episodes in, boom, he gets his face all scarred up, and now he's Two-Face. And yeah, from then on, he was just Two-Face. Like, he was an established character. That was a bold move for fucking kid show. It really was. When he's like, oh, oh, Harvey, no. Harvey. No. Wait, so did Two-Face have his origins in the show? Yep. Yeah. Oh, and as well as uh, Harley Quinn. Yes, oh, Harley he, Quinn he, he, was Two-Face Two -Face wasn't created for the show. No. Not no. like Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, Two-Face was a character since the 40s. But they had established him throughout, like, the entire first season. Yeah. They established him as, like, a character. And he's Bruce Wayne's friend, Harvey Dent. He is the oh. district attorney of Gotham. Batman saves him from Poison Ivy at one point. Yeah, and stuff. he saves him a couple times, I think. And then he becomes Two-Face after the accident. And it's tragic. Yeah, like, it hits hard for a kid's show. It hits hard because this is a character that was Bruce Wayne's best you friend. You knew him. You Bruce, liked him. He Bruce Wayne's like, no, Harvey. And like, that's why throughout the whole series, he's, I want to help you. Yeah. Like, that's his whole goal with Two Faces. I have to help you. This was my fault. Um, Harley Quinn was created through the television show. Yeah. She, through the animated series. Yeah. She was a character created specifically for the show. And she blew up. Also. They changed Dr. Freeze, uh, or Mr. Freeze, from being a carbon copy ripoff of Captain Cold to the Shakespearean tragic backstory. Yeah, the, the spooky, I wish for a warm touch, Batman. <laughs> like, yeah. Is Captain Cold from another series? He was the Flash's, one of the Flash's villains. And he pretty much was just a dude with a cold gun. Who wore a parka. He was totally just the original Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And DC, like, kind of revamped him and made him into Mr. Freeze. And, but they kept Captain Cold, too. And they were both just goofy, cold villains until Paul Dini took Mr. Freeze and made him this, like, sad dude this who, like... This tragic figure. Yeah, who couldn't leave his suit. Have you seen that that uh, that that meme, uh, Batman uh, without Bill Finger? A lot of the same people that animated Bat... Or that wrote Batman the Animated Series worked on the Arkham games. So... The year is now 2009, and Arkham Asylum is just released. Yeah, and Arkham Asylum is the first game in the series, of course, uh, and it was definitely a huge deal. I mean... It was amazing. I remember when it came out. As a lifelong Batman fan, it was the first game I had found since Batman Returns for the Sega Genesis that actually felt like a Batman game should. So what I imagine just as someone who's pretty much just been like, like seen a few Batman movies and a few episodes, I imagine what that really, what that means is like, you feel like this like extra proficient kind of like, like, uh, like a crime solver who goes around solving mysteries. Goes around solving crimes and mysteries. Yes. It was like really acrobatic and you feel almost superhuman. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. And you move yeah. around very quietly and like you have to rely on like your opponent's fear and stuff like that. So the sneak game, like snake. So it that is was what it if they did have, interestingly. It is. So it's like Metal Gear if they have guns. You it's a good idea to sneak around. You can just be like, it's Jason time, motherfuckers. And just and run at kill? them. No, no but, but you, you just tear charge them. them like you're some kind of insane buffalo man or something. Yeah. <laughs> but um That is a possibility. Yeah, and it usually doesn't work. You usually get killed. 
Uh, if you're good enough with your gadgets, you can like yeah. really do damage. But uh, the best thing to do is just figure out their patterns, their movements, and then just hit them all in a sweep. Yeah. Because the quicker succession you take them out when they have guns, they'll start panicking and screaming and like trying to get away from you. And... So here was an aspect that I loved about the game. And when we were doing the stealth, there was this just little violin music playing. Just and the more guys you started taking out, and the more they panicked, the more the music would start picking up and swelling until you had like a full-blown orchestra going, yeah. and they're like screaming and just firing their guns yeah, into just the rafters, firing into the rafters, screaming, ah. and like you could jump down next to a bunch of dudes and like they'll like just drop Some of their just fall yeah. to the ground they'll drop their guns because they're panicking so much like i had one guy throw his gun down and he screamed i'm sorry batman don't hurt me and started running away also i'm gonna put a bunch of swelling music in that also there was the other aspect of it that was the pure beat em up side of it and i mean it wasn't complicated you had your gadgets with your shoulder buttons and most of your attacks were through square you had and triangle, triangle to was counter. to block and reverse. Yeah, yeah, triangle to counter, block and reverse, and circle to fucking sweep your cape. Yeah. So not complicated, but the rhythm aspect of it. You yeah. just start getting into that flow, and you're hitting 50 combos, 52, like 60, 70 hit combos at the max. Yeah, and you have a crowd of like 30 guys around you, and you're like throwing smoke bombs into them and, and punching them. Battering and guys across jumping the room. across them and throwing them into each other and making guys hit each other in the cloud of smoke. Like dudes with pipes and stuff would just randomly swing, swing and they'd hit their friends in the face and stuff like that. And it was, it there was, was not fantastic. A game like, that was the first game I can remember playing like that. So many other third-person games came out after Arkham Asylum that copied that third-person rhythm-based combat. That game started that whole genre of fucking combat games. Oh, uh, yeah. That I sounds cool, though. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound often that you encounter, like... Encountering, like, a, a, a new genre of game type of play. Yeah. Essentially... And it and, was a stealth detective game. Yes, and it then was... outside of the combat, you had the detectiveness, the, the, the work, the actual detective work. The yeah, puzzles? Yeah, yeah, you had to, like, look through clues and analyze evidence and stuff like that. And, and your cal, you, like, you had a detective mode. So that was another thing this game started, was a fucking third, like, vision mode that would show you clues and hints and stuff. So many games have copied that since. Yeah. Hitman. That, the, that game with the robots uh, that are people, everybody's unemployed. Oh, uh, Detroit Become Human? Uh, a lot of aspects of Detroit Become Human yeah. definitely came from Arkham. Um, There was that Lord of, Lord of the Rings Shadow of Mordor. That game copied so much from Assassin's Arkham. Creed. Assassin's Creed copied so much from it. Um, because, you know, you were Batman, so you had the entire grounds of Arkham. You could just grapple hook up to whatever ledge you wanted to and glide around. That does sound fun, though. It's a great game. Yeah. Um, and then it got it only got better with Arkham City. Yeah, so they moved on to Arkham City, and it was a bigger open world. It was more, like, they took, like, the idea of GTA. They took, like, an open world concept concept and they made it just this section of art of uh gotham that was just cut off 
So the whole story is that a wall was put up uh, around a section of the city. And it was turned into a prison. And it was turned into the new Arkham prison after Arkham Asylum. Kind of like Escape from New York. Yeah. And uh, so Bruce Wayne gets arrested by Hugo Strange. Who has figured out he's Batman. And you learn this at the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Like it's during the, the, the opening credits are still rolling when he tells you. Oh, yeah. We almost just glossed over the summary for Arkham Asylum. So nothing. in Arkham Asylum, Batman has actually just locked up the Joker. And there's a big pr- uh, press conference going on and everything because the Joker's been arrested. And it turns into uh, a full-scale riot. And at that point, all all hell breaks loose in Arkham. All the supervillains get released. And Arkham's just flooded with rioters. And, you know, it made a lot of minor characters more prominent, like Victor Zaz. Yeah, and the Calendar Man and stuff yeah. like that. Like, these are characters that had been in Batman before, but, like, to the... Like, they were just kind of lesser-known characters. Yeah, like, Zaz, I remember him from Nightfall. He's, like, some yeah. guy that Batman goes after as a serial killer, but that's about it. But, yeah, so the thing is, when with Arkham, there's a huge riot that breaks out. Batman finds out there's a big conspiracy involving Bane. You can't do this to me! I am invincible! I am Bane! Using his blood to perform experiments on patients. And it turns out that the Joker's financing the whole thing. And he wanted to be caught and placed back into Arkham so they could have their big fight. <laughs> mm. And uh, so at the end, you hit him with the Batmobile. And, and it's a letdown. It's a letdown because there was never a true fight with the Joker. Arkham City's as close as we're going to get. Yeah. So moving back to Arkham City. Oh, uh, before I was going to say another aspect of the Arkham Asylum game that was really cool was the platforming aspect of it with the fucking uh, Scarecrow. Oh, yeah. The Scarecrow levels were really great. Uh, me and Jacob both had the fool idea of taking hallucinogens while we played it. So what's the Scarecrow level? Um, so there's a point in the game where, especially if you're on mushrooms, it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, the Scarecrow is like 50 feet, 100 feet tall. Yeah. But you notice at first the camera gets slightly tilted and Batman's eyes start glowing. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And you're like sitting there going, huh, that's weird. That's a little weird. And I mean, granted, I was on mushrooms, so I was just like. Uh, I was too. Uh, uh, What's going on? Now, for me, I noticed I was really feeling it when the first time the detective vision came on and I sat there looking at the screen changing and went, oh, my God, it's so pretty. Yeah. So I just kept going, what's going on? What's going on? And then I heard some, like, scary laughter. And next thing I knew, I was fighting, like, skeletons and stuff. Yep. And I was like, ah, what is going on? And the scare, you're basically, you're in, like, this weird vortex tornado. Uh, you have a platforming, like, area that's, like, parts of the asylum all scrambled together. You're fighting these skeleton men. And the scarecrow is like a hundred feet tall, and he has glowing eyes. If he sees you, you die. And if he sees you, you die. That sounds terrifying and fun. Yeah, it really is. It sounds like a different experience on mushrooms. I mean, disclaimer, if you're listening to this show, we're not saying do mushrooms. We're just saying they're fun. I'm saying do mushrooms. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to... Do them if they're legal or whatever. Yeah, if you, you know, if you're having a good time, you know... I'm just saying, the first time I played Arkham Asylum on hallucinogens, uh, 
I really understood the horror aspects of that game. Oh yeah, I, I, when Croc pops up to the window oh my and God, starts biting at it, I about put myself. You ready, homie? Hell's yeah! Let's take these motherfuckers out. Hold up. Nah. What? We gotta go back home, man. Why? I pooped my pants. What? Just now. I just pooped my pants. You, you got diarrhea. Hell no, man. I ain't gay. That was terrifying. I oh. fought Croc in that same night. I made it through like 70% of that game in a night. Oh, yeah. Getting back to Arkham City. Uh, so it turns out that the whole thing's a plot from Hugo Strange, who's really working for uh, 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 Rachel Ghoul. Yes, here on Nerf Forensics, we pronounce his name correctly. It is Raish al Ghul. It is Raish al Ghul. Not Raz. Not Raz al Ghul. We're not lazy like certain people. From Miss Bellamy, in episode 2009, when he plays Scratchy Xylophone like a skeleton, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of uh, <laughs> a magic xylophone or something? Well, Raz al Ghul, as we know, or Raish al Ghul, as we pronounce it means head of the demon or the devil's head or head of the ghoul and basically arkham city took everything arkham asylum did and just expanded upon bigger. it and made it bigger and better i mean and there were some great things in it like peter mcnichol as the the mad hatter oh my god made my day i love peter mcnichol and anybody who doesn't, he's also X the Eliminator from Birdman. But yeah, he was great. Uh, again, Mr. Freeze was great. So what was interesting about Arkham Asylum is that there were three endings. And depending on what happened, uh, you e there was a Crate of the Titan formula. And uh, you either had the Scarecrow's hand pop up and grab it. Bane's hand pop up or grab it, or Killer Croc's hand pop up and grab it. Basically, it was just a weird teaser they did because Scarecrow doesn't show up in Arkham City, but there are some Easter eggs. Yeah, there's a it. ton of like, there's a ton of fear toxin crates, and there's a like discarded mask of his. Yeah. Was he meant to be in the game? No, uh, no, it's like an Easter egg for the third one, which um, we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, so it turns out it's a whole plot to destroy Gotham that Rachel Ghoul's behind. Batman, you know, saves the day. It's awesome. There's a big climatic showdown. Also, the Joker's just fucking with Batman the entire yeah. time. Yeah, and you fight you fight the Joker at one point, but it's secretly Clayface, so... It doesn't really count. the closest you get to an actual but fight against the Joker. Yeah, it's the closest. So, we're going to finish that up by saying Arkham City, possibly one of the greatest games ever made. Amazing. And now we move to Batmobile the game. Oh boy, Batmobile the game. Is that the name of the game? No, no. that's Arkham Knight. I just call it Batmobile the game because they it's... force it on you so much. And I get that people asked for it. Yeah. People asked for a Batmobile, and because they were like willing to listen, they made the Batmobile stuff, and then they decided to make an entire game based around it pretty much. Like a good chunk of the game that you were forced The into last the fight with the last boss, you're in a tank battle with the Batmobile. Not to mention all of the Riddler races. Mm -hmm. Which is like a good like 10, 20% of the game. Yeah. 
there are so many Riddler races in that Batmobile, and that thing handles like a goddamn tank. Yeah, it handles like a shopping cart. Yeah, it it's handles not... like a tank with a jet engine attached to it. Honestly, and you know what they could have done that would have made that last fight even better? If they had made the Batmobile combat less like tank combat and more like vehicular combat. Yeah. If you had just had What do you a... mean by that? I mean, if they had a crazy race where you're tearing through the streets at like... Like no Mario Kart? Yeah, like yeah. 90 miles an hour trying to run the Arkham Knight off the road and shooting missiles out of your Batmobile at him. That would have been a way better fight. Super high octane. So Arkham Knight, the basic story of it is that the Scarecrow is going to release his most potent version of his fear toxin yet all throughout the city. And he has a private army of mercenaries he's hired that is being led by a character known as the Red Hood, who you don't no, know who Arkham he is. Knight. Oh, yeah, he's the, he's the Arkham Knight. I'm sorry, he's the Arkham Knight. Yeah. You don't know who he is throughout the whole thing, even though they keep bringing up that fucking Jason Todd. Which they never mentioned in either of the other two games. Yeah. So it's really weird that they, that they just bringing start up bringing Todd. up Jason Todd out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> Jason Todd, what? Was that again? I, He's one of the three main Robins, Robins. and he okay. was beaten to death by the by the Joker with a with a crowbar. For a second, I was thinking it was a guy from My Name Is Earl, but no, no, it's Jason Lee. Um, yeah, it's Jason Lee. So yeah, Jason Todd. Which again, they didn't bring him up in any of the other Arkham games. But they just keep bringing they just him up keep in Arkham. Bringing Knight. him up, and then you find out the Arkham Knight's actually Jason Todd, and you fight him in a tank at the end. And also. It's the uh, most Slow-paced, boring fight ever. Are you both in tanks? Yes. Yes. Uh, you were also dosed by the uh, Scarecrow's fear toxin, so you're hallucinating the Joker throughout the entire game. No, it's because the Joker's blood is in you. Oh, yeah, it's because it the Joker's blood's in you as well. Or and something. you're infected with it or something. Yeah. It's, it there, gets really convoluted. Is there a good reason why you're both in tanks? Because you have the Batmobile in this game. And he has a tank. And he has he's, has a militia, so he has a tank. Um, the point is that they, again, they way relied on the Batmobile way too much. There isn't a single good boss fight in the main campaign. Mm -hmm. It's not until, like, you play the DLCs that, like... The DLCs really help. The DLCs really help the game a lot. So how many bosses are in there in the main game? Like, eight. How many are there in the combined DLCs? Like, five. Six. Six. Yeah, there's like five or six. But, uh, yeah, the main game, though, everybody you fight, you pretty much fight from the Batmobile. You chase down Firefly, and all you do is, like, shoot him and, like, fucking, like, hit him with your grappling hook. And it's not even, like, this thrilling aerial battle where you're, like, riding him with your grappling hook like it should have been. No, you, you grapple hook him out of, the, out of the Batmobile, you take him to the ground, you punch him, like, three times, and then he turns his jetpack back on and, and flies, flies away. away. And then you have to catch him again. This sounds almost like in, if in, like, Super Mario 64, you had to ride that penguin everywhere and then punch everybody and then get back on the penguin. Yeah, it kind of was like that. Because, um, again, like, with, with with Firefly, they could have made it thrilling. You chase him down the Batmobile. You grapple hook him. You fly through the air, and you have to avoid buildings while yeah. you're riding him on the grappling hook, and you're just punching him. That would have been great. That would have been great. Riddler. There are, like, 300 fucking I mean, Riddler puzzles in that if game. If anybody, if anybody out there played PlayStation 1 and remembers Wild 9, 
and remembers that tunnel fight where you're just throwing dudes into the walls. Something reminiscent to that would have been great with Firefly. But you're saying there's two... Uh, that does sound fun. Like, honestly, the fact that, that they didn't do that sounds kind of like a huge waste of opportunity. Do I was saying there's too many Riddler clues in that game. There's there like are. 300 some odd of them. And like a good 50 to 70 of them are just races yeah. in the Batmobile. Racist? Oh, racist. Racist. Sorry. racist. Not yeah. racist. Yeah, nothing racist yeah, I don't about think, uh, it. I was I like, that's Rock, sad. I don't think Rocksteady could have released the game with yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, so it's 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 disappointing. The DLCs are great. Um, anybody who could have waited until it was free on PSN, do that it. a better call. And pay for the DLCs. If you're going to pay for anything, pay for the DLCs. Pay for the DLCs. They were great. The game itself, meh. Nah. Like, it's okay, like, it, it, but it doesn't hold up to Arkham City or Arkham Asylum. It's worse than both of them. What's the oh, most yeah. you'd pay for a used copy? T ten bucks. Ten. Yeah, ten, ten bucks, bucks, I think. Is fifteen fair. if it had all the DLC. Yeah, fifteen if it's like a game of the year edition. Um, so now we're going to move on to future. Future! <laughs> uh, personally, I'm a little excited for Gotham Knights. I think I'm going to wait till Black Friday sale to pick it up. Yeah, like, I personally would prefer another actual Batman game, but I'm glad Probably that Probably not going to happen. So, this, what is this one? The next one in the series, or? Technically. Technically, yes. And you play it's as... it's not about Arkham? Uh, it's about Robin, the Red Hood, Batgirl, and Nightwing. And you are defending Gotham in the event of Batman and Commissioner Gordon's death. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Batman and Commissioner Gordon technically die in Arkham Knight. Oh, should we do a quick spoiler alert that I could put at the very beginning of the episode? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, these games are all like 10 years old at least. Yeah. They're all five to 10 years old. So Gotham Knights, though, yeah, you play as all of those people defending Gotham in the event of Batman's death. Moving on, besides Gotham Knights, they're also now, they're doing another, they're doing another continuation. And this one I'm actually a lot more excited for. It's called Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Yes. And it takes place right after Batman's death. The whole Justice League gets compromised by Brainiac. And Waller hires our gets the uh, Suicide Squad, which is going to compose Deadshot, King Shark, Bo Captain Boomerang, and Harley Quinn. Everybody's favorite, apparently. And you... I like Harley you Quinn. You kill the Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and... Uh, Superman? Yeah, Superman. Cool. Uh, I'm just like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a pretty fun game. Uh, I'd be down for like a Batman Beyond game. Like, I remember that cartoon briefly as a kid. Uh, I didn't watch too much of it, but I'd be down for it. It still holds up. It's actually like a much more anti-capitalist Batman series, and that's kind of nice. Like, Gotham okay. becomes like a corporate hell. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, I remember that uh, there's like street gangs that worship the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. There's the street gang that worships the Joker, and... Uh, there's that evil businessman that's like all like X-ray see-through, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. This, do, do you have any idea how little that narrows yeah. it down? Oh, that's my favorite line ever when he's like, "You killed my father," and he's like, "Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean? He's like, he's like visibly see-through. Yeah, yeah. Like his skin, like he has, he's like a skeleton that grows 
glows green. But like, you with, can like, see transparent, like, like, with, like, glass-like flesh? Let me show you. Yeah, yeah, Millie will show you. So that's Derek Powers, also known as Blight. Oh, I see. Yeah, Derek Powers was, like, mutated and turned into a weird, like, X-ray guy that has, like, weird powers. But, yeah. yeah. He's like, you killed my father. And he's like, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? What was his name? Terry? Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis as the new Batman. Yeah. Because uh, Bruce Wayne basically continued being Batman until he was like 70-something and had a heart attack on the middle of the job. And almost shot a man. Yeah. And decided it was too... He he had to retire. He was too old. (laughs) To the meatloaf! To the broccoli! Make sure you give extra broccoli uh, to my young ward. A boy needs his vitamins. So he found a replacement in Terry McGinnis. So we're going to close this out tonight by saying also, if you like the Deaniverse and stuff, I've been watching Justice League lately, that old Cartoon Network Justice League. Oh, it's so good. Static Shock is holding up. Yeah, Static Shock holds up. Um... Superman, the animated Superman from the 90s isn't honestly that bad. I need to watch Harley Quinn because that's also part of the Deaniverse. I've heard it's good. I just haven't watched it yet myself. Yeah, I heard it definitely has more of a comedic edge, but uh, yeah. I don't mind cartoon? that. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and also the original Teen Titans, not Teen Titans Go, but the original Teen Titans series is also a part of the Deaniverse. Yes, and that holds up pretty decently. Too. Was it As is Young Justice. Uh, early mid 2000s yeah okay. probably mid 2000s oh, okay i thought i thought you meant there's like one before that or something no nah, the mid 2000s one there's also one called teen titans go that's like the newer run I, and that I, uh, that doesn't have any connection to the universe but the teen titan series from the mid 2000s has like a direct link to the universe and they're all pretty decent they all hold up pretty well they all hold up pretty well it's not like marvel where like Hulk and Silver Surfer and Fantastic Four aren't really worth watching. Also, Spider-Man is pretty not great. I am sick of you and your hatred of Spider-Man. In this house, we like Spider-Man. I'm just saying, like, some of the story arcs are okay, but a big part of that show. Like, if you're a child, I get liking it, but as an adult, I can't do it. Okay. All right, but here's the thing, Jacob. How do you feel about X-Men then, huh? X-Men 97 still holds up pretty decently. 93. Oh, yeah, 93. I'm sorry. I forgot. That's what Disney is going to call their relaunch of it is X-Men 97. But anyways, uh, some of it holds up pretty decently. There are some episodes that it's like, I just don't care. Yeah, and I also couldn't get over the fact that Wolverine was less concerned with making Sabretooth's insides into outsides than he was about what Professor X thought of him. That just doesn't sound like the Wolverine I know. That really doesn't sound like the Wolverine I know either. It sounds like if he had the opportunity to make Sabretooth's insides into outsides... He would take it. That's what he'd do, regardless of who hated him. Yeah. Living the vida loca. Exactly. Exactly. And before we go, I just want you all to know that you can reach me at... Camp Pod Millie at Twitter, and that's Camp with a K. You can also reach me at nerdforensics at gmail.com. And if you do need to see a doctor and get rid of it, don't send me pictures of that kind of stuff, please. I'm not a doctor. Oh, and if you want to talk to um, people who think they're doctors um, and interact with the show, you go to facebook.com slash nerdforensics. 
And if you want to pretend I'm a doctor, well, we can do that. Uh, don't take her advice medically, everyone. I have to say that. No, don't, don't refute it. Like, that's a serious one. <laughs> Patriot Porch. I'm going to leave it at that. Patriot Porch. Dr- eat lead. Eat mercury. So, eat up, America. Sop it up with some bread. Yum, Shit yum. Shit gold. Eat America. <laughs> Alchemy for your stomach. Eat uh, lead. Eat mercury. Shit gold. Shit thunder. Shit thunder and gold. <laughs>